everyone, I'm Charles, and this is 5050, the best and worst of IMDb, which is a rebranded podcast that we originally called The Good, The Bad, and The Podcast. So, when you hear us mention that name in these early episodes, just pretend you didn't, please. We only made ten and a half episodes under that name anyway, so by the time you reach episode 11, it'll all be cohesive, we think. But for now, we hope you enjoy this second episode. Hello and welcome to the uh, second episode of Good, Bad, and the Podcast. I'm Christopher. And I'm Charles. And this is as we continue our walking through the top 50 and the bottom 50 movies on IMDb, the Internet Movie Database. And uh, this week's films are going to be And Be Real from the bottom 50 list, number 49, and The Shining from the top 50 list, number 49 as well. And you know, last week we did, uh, what were the two we did last week? Well, three actually. We did Surf School mm-hmm. and uh, Passive Glory. Those were the two official ones. Right. And we did The Bad People. Right, right. Um, you know, I just want to cover a couple things. Uh, one is, last week when we reviewed Surf School, I kept mentioning that it was an 80s, classic 80s movie. Sure. You know, so I went home and I researched a little bit. It's actually made in the 90s, 1991. <laughs> so I was thinking about this and I'm like, you know, okay, I apologize to any uh, ski school fanatics out there. It It's an 80s film at heart, you know, because it really, the 90s weren't really the 90s yet, 91. I mean, you know, you, you know, OJ Simpson was still a great football player and, uh, you know, <laughs> stuff like it. Clinton, Clinton wasn't even in office yet. You know, the 90s weren't the 90s, although to be fair, Vanilla Ice was at his peak. That's the same year that Cool as Ice came out, which unfortunately we're not going to get a review of Cool as Ice because it's it's like number 76 on the worst list or something. It's, it's that low. It's, yeah, it's, I figured it would be much higher on that list. You know, interesting enough, uh, Spielberg's cinematographer, uh, Kaminsky, he did the cinematography for that movie. He went from that movie to Schindler's List. It's, it's an upgrade. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. That's, that movie looks amazing, though. Cool as Ice, it's amazing. There's a shot where it spins around Vanilla Ice on a motorcycle. I'm like, Okay, so uh, what are the two movies this week? So, uh, well, I have a couple more things. I want more real quick, real quick on this. Um, so, also, last week, when you were reviewing The Bat People, you came up with the rule. You said it was what you used to do in school. Right, right. With uh, has to give it three stars. If, if the movie's done... It, if they completed their movie, it's three stars, yeah. Then you gave Surf School two stars. I did, yeah. <laughs> like, well, it was... It was... I, I didn't call you out on that. I was thinking about it. I was like, what does that mean? It was that bad. I don't know. I felt that it was actually that bad. And I was going to say, I mean, do you officially... Do you want to keep that rule for us? No, we don't Should have we? to keep that rule. I, I don't know. It's, it's I mean, hard. It's, it's not a bad it's scale. It's hard for me because it's, it's hard to watch a movie where no, knowing how much work... And you know how much work goes into actually making something. Right. And actually completing it. And so... It's hard for me to give something straight up a zero, just knowing that somebody somewhere actually worked. Really I give hard. the bad people a zero. <laughs> so yeah. okay, I stand by. That's because I have a soul, so I care about the poor people who work. So anyway, yeah, I'm, mine's been missing for years. Yeah. <laughs> I put okay. up a little sign for All right, it. So uh, okay, so speaking of movies that deserve very low. Scores. Okay, so we're gonna start with Anne. Be real here. Um, and go ahead and read the synopsis there. Which you did right, last so time. our uh, synopsis for Anne Be Real. A female rapper, Cynthia, faces an uphill battle in her quest to break into the music business. But she finds inspiration in the pages of a classic book, The Diary of Anne Frank. As unexpected as this may be, the book gives Cynthia the encouragement she needs, fueling her drive to become a star. Features Carlos Leon, a.k.a. Madonna's ex-husband. You know what's interesting about that? <laughs> the fact that he's known only as Madonna. Well, the fact that you didn't actually, that wasn't your aside. That was actually on the that's description. That's actually on the description. That's, that's, that's not like you just decided to say that. <laughs> and, and, and also, <laughs> I want to say like, last week you read the Bat People description. And I was like, based on that description alone, yeah. I would love that movie. This description, I think anybody that reads that is not going to want to see this movie. No, no, no. <laughs> and 
And to be fair, I'm just going to throw it out there. I like this movie. You know, it wasn't bad. It's terrible that I'm saying that. but I'm Yes, <laughs> we agreed on something. <laughs> I can't believe we had to go to the 49th worst movie of all time to find one to agree on. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> oh, so geez. this movie, it was kind of like, it was a very low budget, obviously. Yeah, I mean, the way it was shot. Absolutely. But I thought the acting was pretty good. It was not bad. I actually thought Madonna's ex-husband <laughs> was a good actor. Like his, he was, you know. But he was playing like, like a, a cliche like a heroin addict or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was. And so in my mind, what's the last time he shot up heroin? Well, I mean, I'm, just, I'm watching it and I'm wondering, like, was he acting or was it yeah, just exactly. typecast or what's the deal here? Well, he was married to Madonna. <laughs> right. What that's, do you that's, want? Why, that's why I had to wonder. But uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, it it was it was. It confused me because I was expecting this movie to be just awful. I, yeah. re- I mean, I really was. And when you read the synopsis, it sounds so cheesy. Exactly. So it really does. But they did this and I was really worried. And I, I don't want this to sound racist or anything because I really don't mean it as such. But in the first few minutes, you know, they've got her reading from the diary and all this stuff. And they're showing these shots of New York City. And they're making it look like a ghetto in Poland. Yeah. I mean, they really were. And it was like was, Spanish Harlem or something. Yeah, like that, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And I wasn't sure if they were really going to run with this idea that, like, African-Americans are treated in New York City as the Jews were in Poland. Which I was like, wow, that's going to be... I mean, if that's yeah. really where they're going, this is going to be a stretch. Which would have made an interesting movie at some... He could have it, taken it that. It could have, but I think... I, I, I think it would have been a little bit of a stretch if you have any oh, concept of history, you know. But at the same time, it's like... It I was, don't have any, so that's cool. I'm good. <laughs> but it was, it was interesting, though, because it didn't... That part didn't come off cheesy. You know, like the, the diary parts really didn't because they took the parts that were not about, you know, they weren't about the Holocaust. They were right. about this girl who was struggling with this stuff and finding a voice and all this stuff, which really it, it, it seemed to fit. Although, to be fair, like, I mean, so it was like a little flashback with her dad before he left. Right. Gave her the diary. He could have given her any book. I mean, let's be real here. I mean, she wasn't, really, she wasn't like, like you said, <laughs> you know, no, like you said, he, she wasn't like quoting like anything about the war the right. holocaust or nazis right. or jews for that matter yeah you know it could have could have given her the lord of the rings if she had been on this quest to right yeah, you know no, it's to totally, rap it's you know totally true and, and and honestly i think that was the that's what made this movie feel so low budget was it was disjointed like the script was just the story while the characters were intriguing and i I, I saw what their character was after and pursuing right. the whole time. The way it was constructed is what made this not a great movie. Like, I feel like if you if you kind of reworked it, this is this has like potential to be good. We, and you know what it's trying to be like. It was it was kind of like Eight Mile. It was, or yeah. um, or you know, Notorious, right? Or uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. Now, this is what I really made me think of, and the reason I kind of like this movie. It's kind of like what I said last week about Surf School. Surf School was like American Pie. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like the censored version right, of American right, Pie. Right. This one was kind of like the censored version, after school special, of Get Rich or Die Trying. You know, I was watching Get Rich or Die Trying uh, with my friend in the theater, and uh, we started hearing the same word again and again. And right. I can't say the word because this is sure, a family sure, show, sure. you know. But uh, it, it's John McClane of Die Hard, his, his slogan, right, so right. to speak. And we decided, you know, if, if you were doing a drinking game, this let's see how many times it's going to go. So we started right, counting right. it. And we realized you pretty much die of alcohol poisoning by the time you play this drinking. I mean, right. at one point, 50 Cent writes it on the wall. And we're like, is that kind of two shots? What is that? <laughs> this movie didn't have any of that. There was like no cussing. There wasn't. In this. I, that really surprised me. And, what's, and, and I, liked, I like that. 
because it wasn't the whole cliche, but at the same time, it didn't feel as realistic as it could have. It didn't. It felt like they were really going for like an after school special. There was no violence, even the drug content. I mean, you know, it wasn't there. They didn't really show it. It felt, it felt very much like they were trying to make something for TV. Right. And, and, and granted, if it had been on TV, they would have, it would have felt appropriate. Right. But because you're watching it as a movie, it did. It felt a little censored. Now, I mean, I'm not necessarily complaining. No, neither just, am I, but, but it, it, it definitely went a long way to... I mean, it, if you'd have added all that in, it could have been much more of sure, a thing. Sure, sure. I, 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 you know, it was funny because you mentioned the language. is Because they didn't use excessive profanity in the movie, right. it felt like... Because it's almost like trying to mimic the book, the diary of Anne Frank, right. where it's like they're using language. You know, they're actually verbalizing what they're thinking and feeling without right. using expletives. It's actually like, here's, I'm going to describe and explain to you, which right. it felt much high. I don't know. And you know what? The other thing too that got me was that one scene when he was trying to break into the house and like all the like mother and sister yeah, they all and daughter come out and were all pushing them out. The way that was shot was like, I mean, it was actually like an intense scene. Yes, like, it was. And the acting was good. It really, I, I was, I was surprised. Like I would easily give this movie a five. If not, yeah. if not higher, I mean. And do you think it belongs on this list at all? I don't think it belongs on the bottom of hundred. No, I don't think it belongs on the bottom. 100. And I don't, I don't understand why it is. To be honest, I, I don't either. I think, I think. And then, uh, I really you don't. know, freaking Winston from Ghostbusters shows up, <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's he's the principal. <laughs> it was, it was, you know, it was strange, and I think that, and I think that's what did it for me. Really, what really, no, I mean, as far as what keeps it from being great, was the structure was just so off. Yeah, I couldn't keep track of. You know, the fa- flashback, flashbacks to the father, to the flashbacks to the prince. It was all just a The lot flashbacks of were the cheesiest part for me. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they did that whole black and white filter. They yeah, were... Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. Like I said, he could have given her any book. That's the crux of your movie. Yeah. And it, it was, didn't feel like it. And that was... that was So, for me, I'll give this one a five and say it definitely does not belong in the bottom hundred. Does it belong on the bo- uh, top 50? No, no. I'll give it a five as well. I, I 100% agree with that. And uh, I do want to say one last thing on it. Um... You know, well, actually, two last things. Last week, I called it Annie Be Real. Right. And then I realized, well, it's Anne Be Real because of Anne Frank. Right, right. And then I was like, well, which is it? Because in the movie, she raps and she calls herself Annie. Yeah. She, she calls does. herself Orphan Annie. Yeah. You know, because I'm it's, not giving away the ending there, but right, she right. gets on stage and raps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's pretty profound. It, it, it really It I, really is. I, it sounds silly. silly. It sounds it does. silly, but it was, it was really, I, I honestly, this is not a great movie. But this is not a bottom 50 movie Right, exactly. All. 100% I mean, this agree. Is, this, if this was at a festival, I would walk away saying, you know, that was a pretty good movie. I, right. I enjoyed it. You know, like, right. so, yeah. No, yeah, I'll give it a five. Yeah, cool. Give it a five. All right, so uh, moving on, we'll move on to, uh, to uh, The Shining, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Um, <clears throat> and so we'll, uh, we'll start here. This is the uh, 49th best movie of all time, according to IMDb users. Um, man. Trying to read this synopsis is difficult because it's... <laughs> Might as well read the whole thing. It's long, man. I don't know if I want to read this whole thing. You can uh, cut out the top and the bottom and the middle just like right, you did yeah, the last time. Yeah, okay. Uh, in a signature role, Jack Nicholson plays Jack Torrance, who's come to the elegant, isolated Overlook Hotel as off-season caretaker with his wife and son. Torrance has never been there before, or has he? The answer lies in a ghostly time warp of madness and murder. Uh, it was uh, from a script co-adapted from Stephen King's novel. Kubrick melds vivid performances, menacing settings, dreamlike tracking shots, and shock after shock into a milestone macabre. So I don't hear that word too often. You don't actually. It's kind of rare to see that in a blurb. It's, but anyway, it's appropriate. yeah, it's, it fits. So um, okay, so I'm as we stated last week, a massive Kubrick fan. So I love all pretty much every Kubrick movie. There's some that I like less. Um, this movie is one of those that's 
that I really, really enjoy from a technical artistic standpoint. I hate watching this movie. I cannot stand watching this movie. Is that because it scares you, freaks you out? It terrifies okay. me. It really legitimately does. And and I was watching it the other night with my sister because she and I have a history of sitting up late at night and watching movies that scare us and just that's just like sick fun for us, you know. And we were watching the movie. I can't comment on that. And about <laughs> and about halfway through it, we you know, we it was getting late, we were getting tired, and I was like, Well, you know, I'm thinking of it because I've seen it so many times, thinking, right. well, there's only there's this key scene and this key scene and this key scene and then it's over. And I like hit the DVD menu. It's like yada yada yada. What were your key scenes? Right. Well, I mean, oh, come I was, on. well, as I was watching, I'm thinking, okay, he's got to get locked up in the in the closet. He's got to. So get you locked. cut out like the whole pantry. first. Well, no, because that was about the point that okay. we were at. Okay. He's got to get. He's got to locked up in the pantry. He's got to hack through the door. He's got to chase him through the deal. And the um oh, and before that, the the um the previous uh the the kitchen. Yeah, oh yeah, okay. Show yeah. up and get yeah, 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 right, okay, right. Cool. yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, that's like four scenes. We've got to have like maybe a half hour left. You know, you get the whole maze thing, whatever. Yeah. And so I click on the thing to see I've got an hour fifteen left in this movie, and I'm realizing, and I'm looking, and it's like this is like a two and a half hour movie, right? That could have been made into a forty five minute movie. Like, yeah. there's just not that much story, right? And that's what makes it so painful to watch for me. It's not that it's slow because I don't mind slow movies. I enjoy slow right. movies. What hurts is that it's like being dangled. It's like you know what's coming and you know something bad is going to happen. Yeah. And he just keeps you like, I just want, I just, just, just do it already. But you know? intentionally it's, so. I mean, because right. it, when it, it, it's like, uh, that's, but it that's explodes the at the end. And so that's to speak. the pain is it's, I, I just want it to be over because it freaks me out and it scares me so much. I just want it to end because I, I'm terrified of the waiting. You know, it's like, Watching the countdown, and you just you just want it to be over. I don't like this movie at all. Okay. <laughs> I, I never I never did. I mean, I rewatched it for this podcast, but I just don't like it. Um, now I agree, it's creepy. I'm, no one can deny this is creepy. The music's weird. The little boy shaking. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he didn't make the sound, but you know, he's right, shining. Right. right, um, right. You know, it, but you know, Kubrick was great visually. Yeah. But. You know, I was thinking about this earlier. I mean, he takes like 50 takes to do something. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be that precise, you're going to get something out of it. You know, I mean. Yeah. Um, so what is it that you don't, I'm, I'm just kidding. What is it that you don't like? Well, part of it is I, and this is going to be blasphemy for a lot of the, the fans out there, but I don't like Jack Nicholson in this movie. Okay. And I love him, you know, when he's, you know, when he's the ax and he's chasing, all oh, that stuff's great. But I, he was inappropriate at the beginning because. He's already creepy. He's yeah. mean in the car. Yeah. I think truly to do this movie justice, you needed a guy that was kind of nice at the beginning and you see his change. Right. Nicholson was messed up from the first scene. Right, right. Even that scene in the office, you felt like he was lying to now, this guy. Now, have you read the book? I haven't read the book. Because I've heard this complaint from people who read the book. Right. And say that that's the best part of the book is you watch this normal father turn into this crazy man. Right. And that's what makes it creepy. And I, I was reading about that too and like... Uh, Stephen King didn't like Jack Nicholson either, and right. then that's why they made that miniseries right, uh, in right, the '90s, right, right, right. which I've actually seen most of that miniseries, and yeah. uh, it's a very low budget TV movie. Right? They even do a, kind of a spoof of the "Here's Johnny" thing where he knocks the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just say, he looks at the door and he's like, "Boo!" And you know, at that point, I turned uh, it off. I was lame, like, I, I, yeah, "It's lame." It's lame. It, but you know, that movie, The Shining, is so much a part of. You know, pop culture now. Right, right. I mean, there was. I even saw a commercial the other day where they had the little girls. You know, the the murdered girls, uh, yeah. and they had the guy bust through. I can't even remember what the commercial was for, <laughs> but I know it was for The Shining. You right, know, that's right, that right. speaks to it about that. Um, I mean, visually, I love it. Like the, it's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it really yeah, yeah. is. Editing's great. Those tracking shots. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but this is. I think Kubrick was self indulgent at this point. I mean, 
it felt like he was just throwing in stuff. And it's like, uh, you know, I think Kubrick's one of those film or one of those filmmakers who was better when he was like censored by the ratings board or when he had to like get it right up to the edge but couldn't go all the way over. Okay. Um, you know, you've got there's a lot of sexual underco- undertones in this no, movie. No, I, I see where you. I mean, I, I. I mean, the one one shot I'm thinking about in particular that I just was like, why is this here? Yeah. It's at the end. When uh, when that? olive oil's going through and she's she's running around it's and the she, bear, the bear, yeah. the bear suit yeah. guy. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I, I you know. But is I, that in the book? I don't know. But I I, don't, I would like to think it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think you know it's interesting because I think you're. I don't know. If, I don't know if I agree with the necessarily like being censored was better for Kubrick, but I think that it sort of the way that. You know, the way Hitchcock had no money and had to make it That's work. That's what I was going to say. Hitchcock, perfect it, example. It almost felt like Kubrick, because you can see the point in his career when suddenly he could do whatever he wanted. Right. And as soon as he did, he just kind of went all the way. And now, is that bad? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think Eyes Wide Shut. I think Eyes Wide Shut's good the way it is, and it wouldn't have been the same if he had made it. That's why last week I made it, I made so much fun of it. I, I hate Eyes Wide Shut. Okay. It's like as Kubrick's career went along, I, I liked him less and less. Really? Yeah, and so you'll see that more next week when we Clockwork Orange. But, but that's going back. That's going back. I know. So that, you that like was that the one point more. Just, I think. No, no, no. It's, it was made before this one, though. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like this so, one, so the shiny. Like that one more is what I'm getting at. Right, more than this for right. sure. But I'm not giving my and, opinion and for here's sure. Here's the deal. I. Here's my deal with The Shining. I, I agree with you. He was crazy from the beginning, but I feel like Jack Nicholson's crazy just in general. You know, he's, he's, I mean, he's a fantastic actor, but I think he is. And I think the acting is way over the top. I think yes. he has these huge performances. And that bugs me a little bit. Even when he's like, and his famous lines, I yeah. think they're so over the top. They and, are. And I, but I think, I really think that's exactly what Kubrick is going oh, for. Oh, I agree. And so can you fault somebody, I mean, really, can you fault somebody for achieving their goal perfectly? Pitch perfectly. Because you're right, he did do 50 takes of it. So that means he watched Jack Nicholson 50 times and said, that's the one I want. Yeah. So can you fault somebody for doing that? I mean, I don't necessarily, it may not be what I love, what I want, what I like, but he got exactly what he wanted, you know? And so I don't know. It's, I, I see what I, you're I saying. See, I, I, see. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. Because I, I agree. It's the bear. It's the bear. <laughs> The bathroom scenes. It's it's scene. not even a uh, it's not a bear. There's not anything wrong with bears. Yeah. It's a guy in a bear costume. It's a bear guy in a bear costume. Yeah, right. to be yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah, And it's got that you know that zoom. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kubrick loves. Anyway, so yeah, he did. So okay, I I have to give this one from a technical standpoint, like from a technical artistic standpoint, I'll give this one like at least an eight, maybe a nine. Mm-hmm. I can't watch this movie. Like I seriously, I. I had to, I had to have my sister come over and watch it because I can't watch it oh, alone. I want to say something though. Oh, yeah. when I ask you a question, actually, yeah, I forgot to. Yeah. What does the ending mean to you? The ending's always oh, kind of confusing. Zoom in on the poster. Everything thing? about yeah. it. What What do you think happens at the end of this movie? I don't know. I think well, and I, I mean, think, I have my opinions for I sure. Think but this is one of those things that Kubrick. I think this is something he did later in his movies. The way you're talking about how he kind of became more more free, more whatever right. as he went through. I think he really began playing with ambiguity too. Yes. I think he started really like not explaining everything and right. leaving the audience to wonder and all that kind of stuff. You know, because you do the same thing with Full Metal Jacket. Yes. What happens to them at the end. Yes, you know, exactly. And and I think, and <laughs> Eyes Wide Shut, the whole thing is in. Exactly. You know? And I think, but I think that's the point is it sort of leaves you up in the air. And I don't know. I mean, what happened? Has he always been the caretaker? That's what the, that's what the other yeah. caretaker said. He's always been here. You know, that whole thing. So, I, I like to think that maybe he really is. He always has been there, and at least in. I don't know. I, I took it that he was added to the spirit of the place. Like oh, he's okay. part of it. I don't know. I don't know if that's right or not. But 
I don't know. I, I, I don't even begin to understand all of it, but that's, I don't know, that's the charm for me. But So, no, I, I, I'll i give this an 8. I'll maybe give it a 4. Nine. I'll give it a 4 out of 10. Okay. So, you liked Ambi Real better than The Shining? I did. Wow. Okay. I, I, you know, I'm tempted, given this a 4, I may give that a 6, but I did like Ambi Real a lot more, to be honest. Okay. All right. Fair you enough. Know, so. Okay. Well, okay. So, all right. Let's, so, uh, so, what's our next two movies for, uh, for next week? The uh, number 48 best movie and the number 48 worst movie of all time? So, the 48, uh, let's see. What do we got here? 48, or, yeah, 48 on the good list is a Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. Okay, another Kubrick. <laughs> That's going to be exciting, as we already mentioned. <laughs> the 48 on the bad list is a film called Tangents, which... We're very familiar with those. <laughs> <laughs> which I can't... Uh, I don't know what I'm finding. I think it's also called Time Chasers. Okay. Um, this is going to be part of our problem going forward. We've got to figure out how to get these movies. That's not a common movie. I don't think it's on DVD. I think it's on eBay for like a hundred bucks. We'll have to we'll have to check it out. It's it's a movie um, oh, about man. time travel, and it was made in 1994. So sounds like quality. You know, it's gonna be great. Maybe it's like you know Ski School, where it's a 90s film. You know, has an 80s feel to it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna love it. Mm, I'm not. I don't know. Uh, okay, so tangents and Clockwork Orange. Yep, sounds like a, pl- a party. Right. I can't even talk. <laughs> sounds like a planned party. That's what I was gonna say. Okay, well, good deal. Uh, Thanks for listening to uh, Good, Bad, and the Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.